This is the 10-Minute Contrarian Podcast. This is VP. We are a solutions-based podcast, diving into the world of contrarian investing and alternative finance. You can find us hosted on the No Nonsense Forex YouTube channel, nononsenseforex.com, and podcast players everywhere. Episode 122 is brought to us by Bybit. As always, a lot going on with Bybit. I'm just going to read you the email that I got. Let's find it. Here we go. We have something called the Lucky Draw Apple Edition going on from today all the way to December 31st. Brace yourself for a Lucky Draw that guarantees a win. Again, this is only available to existing Bybit traders and new signups. Also, we have that competition I was telling you about going from today all the way till Halloween. And then there's a deposit reward. This is an evergreen campaign where existing users can claim up to 5K. And as an enticement to get new users on board, you can claim as a new user up to 30K. Check the blog down below, which is the link you need to initially click to find my affiliate link for some of this contest information. And for all of it, you can check the rewards hub in your Bybit portal. But as always with Bybit, membership does have its rewards. It is the 10-Minute Contrarian Podcast, and I said last week when we went over gold that we would be doing a silver episode soon, and no time like the present, I figure. Because after a precipitous drop in gold and silver this past week, we have seen a 5% rebound in gold and in silver. And a lot of people who are not in this space tend to lump gold and silver together. I think we all know that's a really big mistake. They are very different in many ways. So silver is getting its own episode today. Now, we are all long-term investors here at the 10-Minute Contrarian Podcast, and we know that the people who aren't often have a lot of money. We're talking Wall Street, talking hedge funds, things like that, and they need to react quicker than we do. What a shame. Sucks to be them. Uh, But that's okay. Let's go ahead and review real quick why these last two weeks, or last three weeks, have happened the way they have. So first of all, just like with gold, silver suffered when the Fed came out and said that we are going to probably be raising rates higher for longer, and our schedule for dropping rates is going to be pushed. And so short term, gold and silver moved together. Silver actually dropped worse than gold did, but silver is more volatile than gold is, so that's not a surprise. And fear is stronger than greed. Oddly enough, fear is the reason gold and silver rebounded because of the war in Israel. It's not so much people worried what's going on in Israel, but the possibility of things like this spreading further out. Now, short to medium term, what is a stronger case, do you think? Do you think it's uh, the Fed and their interest rates or the war? I'm going to say the Fed and their interest rates, because as long as the war is concentrated in one place, where there have already been an area, really, where there have already been lots of wars. I just feel like as far as dictating price, this is going to be less significant moving forward uh, compared to what the Fed is going to do or what people think the Fed is going to do. So short to medium term, I actually think there is some more room to go down. Uh, but certainly, in my opinion, is stronger long term than it will ever be short to medium term. So just take that for what it's worth. Uh, now, what's interesting about silver, I think a lot of people in the financial world kind of uh, conflate gold and silver and treat them the same. That is not the right way to go because silver is really interesting because it has the precious metal aspect of it, but it also has the industrial metal aspect of it too. Now, some people might see this as a bear case, uh, maybe for the same reason that I am not really interested in base metals, at least not now. I will become interested in base metals when we finally touch bottom in equities 
and the economy slowly starts to recover, you know, then we're going to start talking about things like iron ore, steel, zinc, lead, you know, things like that. Unless your name is copper, I am not interested in any industrial metals until this phenomenon occurs. Uh, well, silver too, actually. And, and why silver? Because it is the most conductive metal on planet Earth. There are things you simply cannot have without it. In a lot of applications, unlike copper, when you use silver, you use it up, and it goes to silver heaven, and you need more. So with all the industrial technology out there, with all the green technology out there, that yes, even though the narrative there is slowly dying, that they are still hitting the gas pedal on green technology, contrarians, I hate to say it. And that stuff requires a lot of silver. But going forward, and especially throughout the rest of this decade, there is one particular thing that requires a boatload of silver that I think we are going to see a lot more of moving forward with the energy crisis and with the decline of globalization and with all of the after effects these things bring. What am I talking about? War machines. War machines use an extraordinary amount of silver and rare earth metals for that matter. But VP, why hasn't the war in Ukraine done anything with this? Well, it's because all we've been doing is using old surplus of war machines, missiles, uh, whatever secondhand stuff that's about to expire, that's what the West has lent to Ukraine. You know, we're not giving them the real good stuff. That's still for us, just in case. But in a world where some of these places are actually going to war, and war slowly starts to become more common internationally and domestically, Demand for war machines is going to rise, and this will be extremely bullish for silver. And oh, by the way, if you've been following any of this stuff on Twitter, it's, it's, silver's still going away. It's leaving the COMEX, it's leaving the LBMA, it's leaving the silver ETFs, and going into the hands of individual investors at a rate we have never seen before. And I answered the question a while back, you know, what are you the most bullish on two years from now, five years from now, and ten years from now? Two years, I didn't have a great answer. I said Bitcoin, but I was a lot more certain in my other two answers. Five years, I said silver, and 10 years, I said copper. But for all those reasons, I could not be more bullish on silver long term. And anytime I'm seeing drops, I'm looking at buying more. Now, unfortunately, in the short term, this rebound happened so fast, I was not able to pick up any more gold or silver. And I still use my charts to let me know. And these things just didn't play out slow enough for me to get a signal there. Uh, but long term, it still might. So that's exciting. But all of the bull cases are there. Now, the one major bear case a lot of people are going to point out, they're going to say, well, JP Morgan and all these big banks are still just going to tamp it down and get a slap on the wrist and then just keep doing it. Okay, you're not wrong. And let's talk about this a little bit. Now, we like to vilify these, uh, these commodities traders for tamping down the price of silver, which they do, which they have publicly admitted they do. It was a big Freudian slip that happened, I think, on CNBC. And then every year they arrest like a whopping three people from J.P. Morgan and then fine J.P. Morgan, what sounds like a lot of money to your average person, but is really just a slap on the wrist. And they do this on purpose because most people don't understand scale. If you were to find JP Morgan $500 million to your average person, they're gonna say, oh wow, that's $500 million. That's so much money. But to JP Morgan, that's a parking ticket. That's probably two weeks worth of profit from silver trading alone. You know, it's just the cost of doing business. You know, it's just the rich understanding that they are smarter than the poor, 
knowing they can continue to do things like this and knowing that they can continue to keep that outrage tempered. However, if they were no longer able to do this, we as silver investors would be very happy. But you know who would not be very happy? Most people in the world. Really high silver prices do not benefit humanity for the reasons we spoke of earlier. It's a necessary metal in a lot of things because it is the most conductive metal on planet Earth and there is no substitute. Copper at least has aluminum, which is a crappy substitute, but at least it's there. Silver doesn't even have that. Now, some of you might also be saying, well, there's only a little bit of silver in the things I buy, like a computer or a smartphone or something like that. Uh, And you're mostly right. Uh, Things like appliances and automobiles are going to have a lot more, uh, but these are things you obviously buy less often. But if you're able to broaden your focus a little bit, you'll understand that this can have much bigger implications on an inflationary scale. Because... Let's see, like, okay, let's take airplanes, for example, and uh, I'll just do real, I'll just keep the math really simple. I have no idea how much these things cost, but let's say it takes Airbus $20 million to create an airplane. And let's say because of the price of silver and airplanes use a lot of silver, um, that cost is now $30 million. Now they used to sell that plane to British Airways for $30 million, but they're not going to sell it at cost. So now it costs British Airways $40 million for the same airplane. Again, I'm making up random numbers here, but you get the idea. You know, if it costs, all of a sudden costs British Airways almost twice as much to buy one airplane, what do you think that is going to do to the cost of tickets? Now, the same can go for any type of public transportation. In the United States, there's only a small handful of cars you can buy for under $20,000 right now. Say goodbye to that. There will be no cars you can buy for under $20,000 anymore if the price of the materials which go inside of it all of a sudden see a large increase and stay that way. You know, you don't really want to live in a world where the cost of a lot of major things, whether you buy them directly or not, becomes a lot more expensive. And oh, by the way, where is most of the silver, contrarians? Say it with me. Mexico a place where historically at any time the cartel goes into the mines and says, I am the captain now and you will pay me this really unfair royalty or else. And again, that is not good for anyone. As silver investors, we do get aggravated when people tamp down the price of silver to keep it low. But just consider what the alternative might look like and maybe then you can temper your outrage a bit. But here's the punchline. Despite all the tamping down that's been going on, especially in the last five years, try as they might, the price of silver has continued to go up long term. Just look at the last five years. Silver was in the 14s this time back in 2018. We're approaching $24 now. And you wonder why I'm so bullish on silver in the next five years. You have the precious metals aspect of it, which is great against a dying economy, which we are in right now. The world needs it. It cannot live without it. There is less and less of it being mined. And what we do have above ground is going away as well. Supply is in major trouble. Demand is flatlining, but could go up a lot should we see further escalations in global war, or should efforts in green tech continue to rise, 
or should Mexico finally realize the position they're in and start playing hardball? For every bear case you create, I will create five equal bull cases. So whenever price drops, and it will continue to have their drops, you know, I will continue to get excited, and I will continue to look for ways to take action. So speaking of action taking, let's go ahead and have a quick solutions section here towards the end. So I've said before, when it comes to silver, I am mostly in miners. Now, the last time we spoke on this podcast about silver was uh, talking about Mexico and the jurisdictional risk within. Since that podcast, I have purchased some paper silver simply as a hedge and simply as a way to stay in the silver game without incurring all that risk. I'm still bullish on miners, but I still want to be a part of this sector and reap all the benefits without having to rely on all that risk the silver miners come with. So let's quickly go over the ways you can purchase silver for yourself. Again, I've spoken about this in the past, but we will review. Now, a lot of people, especially in the silver space, like to hold it. Um, And that's great, except for one thing. People who do that are going to consistently have to deal with these out-of-control premiums for probably the rest of the decade, I would imagine. Now, you get those little moments where the premiums go down. Those little tiny windows, and you got to really jump through it. Uh, But for the most part, even though silver is approaching $24 right now, if you are going to hold it yourself, that's not what your ass is going to pay. You're going to pay closer to $30, if not more. Especially if you decide to go the coins route. Especially if you decide to go silver American eagles. Jesus Christ. If you're looking for value, it's just not there. Uh, Now, one good way to not pay nearly the amount of premiums you would in the physical market is to go the paper side. And last week we spoke about uh, Sprott's ETF PHYS, which I like a lot. And the silver version of this is ticker symbol PSLV. If you don't have access to PSLV, there are other options out there. I would just uh, pay very close attention to how much silver they have and how much silver is on its way out of that ETF. This is actually going to take some work. Um, Now, as far as my audiences go, contrarians are much less lazy than Forex traders are. But even still, like we don't want to have to do all that simply with one investment. And I understand that. Uh, But again, there is no perfect way to do this. But seeing as how silver does nothing but continue to rise over time, you really don't have a choice but to act as soon as possible. Now, on the digital side, there are almost no options. There is one option that has withstood the test of time as far as the blockchain goes. Does anybody know what it is? Here's a hint. I have mentioned them on the show quite a few times, and a small part of me dies every time I do. It's Uphold. (laughs) Their silver product has been going strong for years. And really on the blockchain, you don't have a very well-capitalized option. Now, I don't know exactly what the capitalization is for Uphold's product, but it's maintained its price for a long time. I got to give it that. Uh, But there are your options. Uh, They're not amazing, but they're certainly not terrible either. And you have a few different ways you can approach it, which is nice. Uh, But I remain wildly bullish on the long-term prospects of silver And I feel bad for anybody who sits on their hands and does not end up participating in this market in some way. Because if you look at the communities out there, the silver stackers, the silver apes, the JP Morgan haters, yes, absolutely, they're all a little bit crazy. But as the rest of this insane decade plays out, they're also going to be early. 